Yo, you there? Yo, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Greetings from Nevers, France. Never? France. Do you just France. have the one microphone? All right, here's the deal, man. We, we, uh, we don't remember to bring armor or whatever to convert to be able to run the soundboard. So you're probably just hearing us through the, the, you're for sure hearing us through the computer microphone. How's that sound? Oh, dude, you losers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is totally our bad. <laughs> it is your bad. I'm trying to think. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of someone to blame. Uh, is, it, is it awful, though? Uh, it doesn't sound great, and the Wi-Fi is a little choppy, but we'll make yeah. it work. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Alright. So how are you guys doing? We gave, we gave it everything we had. That's like the first thing to not go smoothly on this pilgrimage. Really? Oh, it's been amazing. I hope this isn't a harbinger of things to come. Yeah. Don't say that. It's not. Too late. I already did. Oh, gosh. How are we doing? Well. Or what are you doing? That is the question, man. That is the question. Let's see. Uh, what have we been doing? So right now we're in the bear. Yeah, Saint Bernadette. Her body is like. But by the way, the crow flies, and it could fly through walls. We're talking thirty yards from us right now. Yeah, very very close. Nice. So we're staying in the same place that she is. Hmm. But somehow her body is in our hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I also thought was a joke, but that's real. What? So she, she's yeah. in the chapel of our hotel. That's crazy. We think that this hotel was the convent, maybe, that she was at, but are definitely not sure. French is, is seemingly is harder to just pick up on the fly than I thought it would be. <laughs> uh, French is closer to Arabic than it is to Spanish. I'm That's certain. a commonly held misconception. Yeah. You're saying I hold a common misconception. No, no. People that don't think that French is a close relative of Arabic <laughs> yeah. hold a common misconception. Yes. Thank you for the clarity. Yeah. It makes me feel good. I appreciate that. Let's see. We've been here almost two weeks, actually. And we flew into Pelly. We drove, we've been driving a little <laughs> clown car around France. Uh, we got into Lisieux, uh, I guess, like, yeah, almost two weeks ago. How are you finding yeah, your way around? Are you using maps? Or? We got a GPS. Yeah, we, we have a GPS, which we've kind of been re regretfully using mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. against our will. She, she's holding us against our will. We've named her Tammy mm -hmm. after Tammy from Parks and Rec. It's obviously. Tammy, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, 
Yeah, we've just been kind of, I mean, cruising our way, basically doing a circle around France, Lisieux to Anson. Uh, spent some time in Cannes or Cayenne. Um, over to Michelle for a day. Went up to the American Cemetery in Normandy and checked it out. Um, yeah, did that. Went on and then we unbelievable. Oh my gosh, we went over to Pointe du Hoc, which is only probably ten minutes from there or yeah. something, maybe twenty minutes. Um, incredibly powerful. Uh, we actually found randomly uh, one of the crosses. Brummer found it at the American Cemetery. His name was Peter Bonner, and he was one of he's only one of only two Catholic priests buried at the American Cemetery in Normandy. Wow! So that was really cool. Like his his cross was marked as chaplain, but it didn't say father. Mm-hmm. And I asked one of the guys working there, who's a great great dude. He's from from the U.S. and so spoke like really good English. Knew exactly what I was asking. And he looked it up, and he sent me the information on on him. And then there's one other priest buried there, so that was super cool. Um, and yeah, Lazou, awesome. Quick stop in Allen Stone. We drove all the way down to Lourdes, uh, which we, yeah, which was quite the expedition. Yeah, ended up in Bordeaux for an hour, just completely lost. Almost turned on train tracks instead of a road. <laughs> at one point, uh, stayed a few days in Lourdes, did the, did the baths, did the like rosary procession at Lourdes. Very, very cool. Yeah. Drove up through Tulu, which is where the Dominicans were founded and Aquinas is buried. And then drove up to ours, stayed two days in ours, a day in ours. And then yesterday, one of the highlights of my trip we spent in Lyon which was oh, yeah. such a cool city. Yeah. But uh, an old friend of mine from Focus is with the Little Sisters of the Lamb. And <laughs> so she spent a couple years in Kansas City and is now in Lyon. And so we just we got to have lunch, a little prayer time, and then lunch with this. There's only four sisters there. And then... Um, are those the... Sorry to interrupt. Are those the sisters that go around and beg for food? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they they beg for... Everything. Um, so, like, they beg for their food, and they they call it, like, they go on mission certain days of the week. And she said, like, they just have to leave the whole day open because they don't know, like, how long it's going to take them or where they're going to go. Sometimes they hitchhike to, like, different cities or whatever and just start knocking on doors until, like, people either give them food or invite them in. And so they have, like, really cool stories of conversations that come up with people. and Wow. Uh, and then, so she took us all over. Leona is an incredible city. Like, we got to visit just some old Roman ruins of, like, really er- early martyrdom sites. I think there was, like, 140-some martyrs there. Um, There's 48 martyrs there. Oh, it was in, the year 148 or something like yeah. that. It, I don't know. It's something like that. But, uh, you know, obviously the councils of Leon were there, so they had it marked in the basilica, like, where the councils were and you know, Bonaventure died there and Aquinas was present there. And, um, I mean, just a magnificent city. And then we just got to Nevers like late last night. We grabbed a quick dinner and, um, yeah, went out for lunch today and Bernadette is in our hotel. Um, yeah, I had mass this morning, sat like right in front of her. She is this petite, tiny little gal. So small. Yeah. Hmm. But, 
be very beautiful hands and just a beautiful face. It's unbelievable to see a corrupt, incorrupt body, yeah. which the, the cure in ours, he's also incorrupt. Yeah. Which I think he was actually my first one I ever saw. Saw. Did we see any before that? I see him in Rome. I don't think we've ever seen okay. him. Yeah, before. Yeah, and his hands, I mean, his hands are pretty wrinkled, but... His hands don't have wax on them. They're just, they're hands. Yeah. They're so still it, there. His face, Bernadette has thin wax on her hands and her face. That's mm-hmm. all you can see. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Vianney, his his hands are just totally exposed, so you can see them. And Dang, that's it's so wild, weird. It's been a baller, baller trip. It has been really good. I'm glad that we just kind of ran through it, because that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, in each of those stops, like even in Alençon, we visited this church where she was baptized and went to her original house. Where Saints Louis and Zelie were married, same church mm-hmm. in Alençon. And where where Zelie died and Therese was born, like the same room. Yeah. So it just, I mean, each of these little stops, um, it's just filled with a lot of a lot of significance for each of these places. I'll tell you what, though, man, it's something I've reflected on, though, throughout, especially the past few days. At, I mean, we have a few days left, but the trip is definitely, like, winding down here. And it's just, like, this isn't a flow. This just is what it is. But, like, in the U- growing up in the U.S., just comparatively, we have so few canonized saints and shrines and places like this to go and and see um but gosh i hope in 500 years like the u.s is just chock full of places like this because mm. it has been like honestly it's been this experience of like, like just getting to know these saints like that has been the coolest thing about this trip it, like i haven't had any like you know ecstasy experiences or anything like that but it's just things like that of like how little Bernadette is, or even honestly, like it, at the museum outside the Carmel in Lazoo, there was a picture of like painted of Therese, and they had it, and it, it just said under it like this is this represents the actual height of Saint Therese, and like she was very little as well, hmm. and yeah, just seeing uh, Vianney laying there and like the the house that he lived in and the chapel that he was it's like you just you just get to know these people yeah. in a totally like in a way that a book cannot um let you get to know them so it's been super cool but i would say highlights for me besides that stuff has been certainly lazoo i just wanted to tell saint therese thank you for like all the help she gave me in my vocation and lead me up to ordination and the American cemetery was very powerful, especially growing up as an American and just like so, so much pride there. And I, you could, we could talk about that for yeah. hours. Um, just the graces that came from that. And then honestly seeing little sister Agape is my good friend. Her name was Anisha Flynn before she joined the order. And that was just a, like, I mean, Leon was cool, but getting to see her was like monster, monster grace. So I don't know, highlight that just to give you a few kind of quick highlights yeah. for me. Um, well, Lisieux, I mean, Lisieux is super beautiful. The Carmel was great to go to Mass where, where Therese went to Mass. And they have, it must be like a replica of her body. Yeah. 
and her relics are, I assume, buried under there, around there. And her sisters are also buried right next to her. Um, so to be there with her was pretty special. And her basilica in Lisieux is ridiculously huge. And if you've ever, have you ever been out to St. Louis? Um, no. So St. Louis, it just has one of the m- most massive churches I've ever seen in the United States. And this is a, I mean, let's use a, a decent sized town, but not huge. I think it's like 15,000. Yeah, 15,000. And this basilica was like the size of the biggest basilica we have in the United States. <laughs> it is huge. Dude. When was it built? Um, I think like 1940 ish, yeah, yeah. like somewhere in there, mid to early 1900s. I think it was up maybe during the Second World War, so maybe 1930s. Yeah. She was canonized in 25. Yeah. I mean, each of these saints as well that we've we've gone to see, there's always this play on like just how small they are, how small the places that they come from. And then just to see like the magnitude in which the church venerates them, um, it's like portraying the spiritual reality here on earth. Hmm. But it's always funny to see how tiny the places are that they come from. And that's the cure to Bernadette here in Nevers to Lords, that tiny place, Lords, which Lords is, is insane. Yeah, Lords was a pretty special place for me as well. Um, it the natural beauty of Lords is indescribable i mean they have the church is so beautiful and to go to like a marian apparition site like that and to feel how electric and alive the faith is like people have real hope and real faith that they're going to have a legitimate encounter with mary and with god and you, you can just feel it you can see it everywhere so to be there and to see the beauty of that place and Honestly, the baths were fairly powerful for me. And even since, like, being able to go back to those, to those moments in prayer, they've, they've actually remained spots of grace for me, which is, yeah, I, I think that'll be like long term. The Lord's baths, I think, will pay off. Explain to me how that works. You, I mean, you get like, is there like a pool house? You get in some swim trunks and you get in the bath? I, I'd never. <laughs> No, it's Mm-mm. super, yeah. it's super real. They keep it, they keep it very real. So they just, so they have you come in, there's a, a men's section and a women's section. Totally separate. Yeah. yeah. And this, the spring is basically like right in underneath slash to the side of the church. So the church is built on the side of a hill. The spring is underneath it in the grotto and the baths are a little bit further down from the spring. And so you get in line and it's you kind of sit on a bench and you wait and you shuffle as guys go through. And then they invite you back through, you know, like a curtain door. And you'll get into a stall that holds maybe six or seven chairs and people. And they have you they have you strip down to your skimpies. So you're standing there in just your just your undies. And there's another curtain um, which you kind of wait wait behind in between those two curtains. And then when it's your turn, they'll invite you through. There'll be three guys, two on either side of a, basically like a little bathtub, which the spring water is in. And one guy will have you come over and they'll put a sheet around you, have you drop your skimpies and wrap the sheet around you. So it's, I mean, you're, you have nothing on except for this blue sheet towel thing. 
Hmm. And then they'll move you over to in front of the baths, and they take time to pray with you. Um, you get to offer up any intentions, like things that you have in your heart. And then they walk you into the bath, and you'll kind of put your feet at the very edge of the bottom of the bath. And they just say, okay, now like sit down and like fall back, and they'll have you by your arms. And they dip you into the water, which is... <laughs> just above freezing, dude. Literally just above freezing. It's Ice. so cold. Ice oh gosh. And so then you feel it and you come out. And I remember the first time I did it, come out just like, <gasps> just it hits you all that cold water and kind of snatches your breath away. And then you stand up and they say, Our Lady of Lords, pray for us three times. St. Bernadette, pray for us. And then they actually said, What's your name? Said Michael. So St. Michael, pray for us. And then they, they walk you out slowly and you put your skimpies back on and get dressed and, and that's it. So I got to do it twice down there and it was, it was really, honestly, it was very special. Um, I prayed with it and, uh, I think I said it before on the podcast, like the, the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan was a very powerful, powerful prayer experience. And then just a couple others with water specifically. Um, like Peter drowning and Jesus saving him. And there's just so many intimate encounters with water and cleansing and salvation and, um, you know, purification and, and Lord's, yeah, it certainly fit into that, um, that way that Jesus has chose to relate to me. So I definitely love, and there's this huge, beautiful river that runs right through the city. And the, so the churches, it's like river, um, hill, church, spring, like all right to each other. Beautiful. The Pyrenees Mountains, it's like right at the foothills of the Pyrenees. So for real, Lords, just, just being there, the town, the mountains, the river, the church, the grotto, Lords looks like what Disney World tries to look like. Yeah. No exaggeration. <laughs> Like, that's what you think of. It's like, like, seriously, places like that, Disney World or whatever else, like, whatever, like, fake La La Land that you try to go to, <clears throat> like, Lords is the real that. Yep. That's the best way to describe it, the yep. beauty of it. Hmm. It's the it's the original castle for yeah. the king. The, uh, I mean, yeah, start to finish, Lords. it's just overwhelming beauty everywhere you turn you know, they have these beautiful stations of the cross and they kind of go up a little hill slash mountain and just doing the stations look over and you see white capped snow peaks you're like what the rosary procession starts at dark <laughs> yeah. and it just leads with like they just have tons and tons of elderly and sick people there and they they lead the procession, so they have them in these like wheelchairs that they're like very simple, but like they just have this kind of like noble feel to them. And then they have volunteers there that are like wheeling these sick people, and they lead the whole procession. So like it's them, and then the statue of Mary that goes every night. Yeah, and the rosaries in all these different languages and. Um, it, it's unbelievable and i mean the light imagery that they use oh, like yeah. everyone's got candles and no it was very powerful to see the sick and the elderly like the people that society rejects ultimately are the leaders like they are first and they're in front 
um, at Lords everywhere you go. Like if you're in line for the baths and a person in a wheelchair comes up, they automatically cut to the front of the line and they get to go first. Hmm. It's just tons of stuff like that. Like, yeah, I mean, they just really, Sister Alicia, she said it best. Uh, Lords is the most pro-life place on earth. Wow. Through and through. So that was definitely my experience there. Um, yeah, just lots of really beautiful people as well. And you get the whole international Catholic church feel, oh, yeah. which is always a great experience. Um, I mean, you got Italians, you got the French, obviously. You got tons of Irish that were there, which I was surprised Irish. by. Yeah. Um, some Poles. A lot of Asian, like, descent. Yeah. Yeah, um, different, yeah different places. Um, a couple Americans here and there, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was tremendous. And then scooting through ours, ours, I think the beauty of ours is the town itself. Like, that's, that's a pretty big, that was a pretty big component for me. 1,300 people. So, so small, but so cool. And just to see, like, it doesn't make any sense that ours is a pilgrimage site, except for John Vianney was out there, like this amazing, incredible priest. So to go and they have his original, I'm assuming the Ambo that he preached at and his confessional. And so just being able to like touch those things and pray with those things and then to see him right there. Um, one day we had mass at his altar, which was very, very beautiful. So I just, I mean, it's going to be a, a lot to process over mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks and days. So yeah. How's Blue Island? that's funny uh it's it's fine well i want to know um who planned all this this trip who who was in charge of like making sure you guys went to all these places because that's pretty dope that might be the most genius part of it so we um Mm -hmm. i guess the origins of this trip are we we just finished our fifth year at mundelein together and it really started with Honestly, probably like three or four years ago, us two and then Bremer, like just, I don't know, had always kind of talked about doing a France pilgrimage. And um, I think certainly like Metz and I and Bremer, but like we both have a huge devotion to Therese. And that was a big grace in my 30 day was like, like she played such a big role in that and my vocation that like I just wanted to go to Lazoo to tell her thank you. That was a huge reason why I wanted to go to France. And, but Bremer, I mean, he's got an incredible story. And like his all hinges and goes through Lourdes. Cause he, he was a military kid. So he grew up most of his life in Belgium and like ended up in Lourdes. And anyway, um, so it's just always kind of like on the back burner, like we're going to do this someday. And, we were out to dinner to like start this this past year and flights to France were super cheap. And so we literally decided on a whim. We were like, let's book the tickets and then just make ourselves plan this thing because we knew we had this time slot off and we would be off like together. And that was going to be harder and harder to do like down the road. So we literally just booked the airfare and then we just split up the trip. So like, I really, really wanted to do Lazoo and Normandy. Like those were like number one and two on my list were Lazoo was number one. And then Bremer's number one was 
Lords. And then, I don't know if it was your number one, but you were certainly fired up about, like, we have to do, if we're in France, we have to go to ours. And so we just kind of looked at it on the map, and we're like, well, let's just split it up. And so that's exactly what we did. We just, like, we got into Paris, and I planned the the Normandy, like, the region, so Lazou and Omaha Beach and all this stuff. I guess you kind of looked at Alan Stone or... Or Bremer did, Bremer but did, yeah. um, but I planned like the first five days of the trip. So I got all the hotels, um, like where we need to go, mass times, etc. And then Bremer just took over from there, and he planned the entire Lord's part of the trip, where we stayed, what we did, etc. And then you planned the ours, and now we're in Nevers. You planned yeah. this as well. Um, so I don't know. So we basically yeah. just split it up into thirds. Yeah. We just we just cut the trip in, into three parts and said, yeah, each of us plan a portion. Um, and it's, it's worked out incredibly smoothly. Oh, yeah. It would be really tough for three of us to plan 17 days over here. And so just, you know, and it allows for each portion to have like an individual feel for coming from, you know, each of the pr- people that are planning it. So it's been, I, know, I think that was kind of the, mm-hmm. the brilliant idea of the trip was to split it up. That's a good way. idea. And then there's honestly just been little graces too of like running into, well, not running into, but um, I realized like once we had kind of planned the outline of the trip, that was like, I realized that Lyon was <laughs> like 20 miles from ours. And I was like, I have to try to see Little Sister Agape when I'm there, which was a huge grace for me to see her, but also turned into like this incredible tour of Lyon that she took us on. Like she knew exactly the history and like where all this stuff was. And so she took us to this like amazing basilica way up on top of the hill, but also like in, you would, you would walk right past this in the basilica. It's in like a side chapel and they have a little tiny plaque and it's like Therese Martin prayed here. So, like, when Therese and her dad and her sister were on their pilgrimage to Rome, mm-hmm. they went through Lyon and must have checked out the same basilica. And now this basilica has this little, it's probably like a 12 by 12 plaque. And it just says, like, Therese Martin, like, St. Therese of the Child Jesus in French, prayed here. Um, so she, like, took us to this chapel. And, again, like, we never, ever, ever would have seen no. that without... Imagine it being such a big deal that every place you ever prayed had a plaque oh uh, yeah <laughs> she yeah. is all she is all over the place yeah that is true that is true and even like when we when we came in yesterday to leon we came through the little sister's house where they're staying um and we got to do like a little daytime prayer with them they're uh just super super beautiful i don't know if, if that's usually when they do it but they they decided to pray with us um, so we got to kind of do a type of what they do for the Psalms, um, for the office. And then they fixed us lunch, which well, was ridiculously fun. And so they had, you know, they had cooked everything there in the house. And um, you have four sisters, two from the States, one from France, one from Austria. And just like sharing different stories and uh, how they ended up there and just sitting around and like breaking bread with them was so much fun. And then we got to go on that tour, but just to encounter them and were they all fluent in English? 
Um, I say three of them were. Yeah, three and of the, the four. And the fourth one had English. It just yeah. wasn't. She quite, could. Yeah. It seemed like she could understand everything, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it just makes in the same thing. Well, not the same thing, but a similar thing in Lords. Um, an Atlanta seminarian was out there with his family. Oh yeah. When we got out there, yeah. Jordan Thrun and his brother and sister, and so it just it always makes these places so much more special when you have um, that personal contact that's there. So then it's relational, not just touristy. Mm. And so even then when we were going around to see all these churches in Lyon or, um, you know, even just having like the group of us four at these different places um, to have experiences with persons, not just places as well, which is the whole point of going on pilgrimage to see all these saints. Yeah. And that, and that is like, Maybe the biggest grace of this whole pilgrimage has been it. it we and we didn't even articulate it, but we just I think from the desire that was in us, we planned the whole thing around trying to get to know these saints. Yeah. And we've done a couple of touristy things, but honestly not much. And I mean in ours we chilled yeah. hard. Like, we true. just hung around the saints. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's all we've done. And anyway. <laughs> yeah, are you going to hit the clubs or? But it's just like su- it's such a fulfilling trip, man. Like it's been so much fun. Sounds and, that way, man. It sounds amazing. Like, I've never, I've never once thought on this trip like I have to find the next thing to entertain myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just been like beautiful prayer time, and I mean, we got Paul Porter with us, so to say things have been. I don't know the right word. Uh, <laughs> things have not been dull. Things have not been dull. We'll say mm-hmm. that at all. But, I mean, even cool stuff like tonight. Um, tonight, we're just going to... We, we we had Mass this morning and, you know, been praying down with Bernadette, which we're going to do after... Well, I'm going to do after we finish this podcast. Pray with her a little bit more. And then we're, we're seriously going to go out and get pizza and bring it back to our room and watch the song of Bernadette. Which is just about Bernadette and Our Lady of Lords, because um, we, you know, we went into town and we saw the church here in Nevers, had some lunch there, um, but we're just gonna, you know, stay in, stay around Bernadette, watch a movie on her, and spend some time together. So it's just been a nice combination of like unbelievable experiences, but then, um, you know, like hanging out with your buddies, doing things that you do in the states as well, and. Um, I don't know, just like a combination of simplicity and extraordinary places. I don't know how to say it. It sounds like you're enculturating yourselves, which is something very necessary at this moment. We're super I feel. No, I mean, it's like we, we yeah. didn't grow up with any of that stuff. Yeah. Of yeah. that like really deep catholicism like you're talking about these saints and the places and um just how many they are and how varied and how many people are out there for rosary processions and all that i mean it's just like did you see any of that growing up anywhere no no so it's like i can just imagine going over there or bringing someone over there from our generation or from our um place in the world it would just be like wow this exists you know Um, yeah and that was 
And oh, the, sorry. Well, and the thing is, is like I would say two things to that. One, even even like coming over here, um, and it hasn't been super present, but this is maybe kind of carrying over to the, the Holy Land as well. And it has been present here of just how easily you can miss it. Like even if you're here, um, like I just think back, you know, a couple months ago being like at the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem, like in the Nativity Grotto. And how many people just came through and like took a couple pictures and left. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that like at the um, at the uh, rosary procession one night we kind of stood like it, it has arms that kind of come out like St. Peter's, but they also like go up to the church. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's beautiful. And so we stood up there for the start of it just to see the procession go. And and I noticed there was a lot of people up there that like didn't have candles and like were you know, not praying the rosary. And I mean, maybe they were interiorly or whatever, but it seemed like they were just like taking pictures and talking honestly mm-hmm. of this thing. And it was just like, dang it. Like you're missing, you're missing it, you know? And, uh, and so I think you can do that, but, um, it's just that whole barren thing. I've, I've still been reading that book of, uh, the strangest way. And he talks about how like we still need pilgrimage today. Mm. So like there's still value today of like going to these places in order to get to know a saint or our lady or whatever and it's like you just have to see it i don't know how else to describe it i mean i guess i'm thinking of the beauty of lords there but um i mean even lazoo like like how i understand therese and love her is so much different after three days in lazoo and so i'm not saying it's like 100% 100% necessary or whatever, but like, that is just, that's the Catholic thing, man. Mm-hmm. You can actually go and like stand in the same dirt that these saints stood in and walked in. Um, and like their humanity is just screaming at you when you do it. Um, and somehow like divine grace just transformed it. Uh, but it's, it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, and something that I maybe heard you saying there, which we, we've also talked about quite a bit, specifically going through towns here in France and to see what like a French city used to look like oh, yeah. prior to the French Revolution and even prior to like postmodernism, the destruction of all religion here, um, is these places are, it's unimaginable how, well, prior to being here, that's, that's kind of my point, is like I couldn't imagine that cities could look like this that are so Catholic, like inherently Catholic and to see the possibility of faith shaping culture. I mean, you can't in, in Lisieux, there was like churches. There was those two churches that were right next to each other. The cathedrals right next to another (laughs) church. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. But it's, I mean, one of the, well, the cathedral is still active, and the other church was, you know, basically deteriorating. And then just right next to that is the Carmel, and then up the road is the Basilica. And, I mean, it's like everywhere everywhere you turn, there's this huge, beautiful church. Um, and to see that it, the way that it shaped towns and the way that it shaped this nation, and like Joan of Arc is in, I see her all over the place. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lyon has, like, churches on top of churches. Well, like, even when we were in Lyon... 
uh, little sister Agape was like showing us something. And so she was like, okay, who did Jesus disciple? Yeah. And we're like, we named a couple of the apostles and we're like, St. John. She was like, okay, and who did St. John disciple? We're like, Polycarp. And who did Polycarp disciple? And where was Irenaeus, the bishop of Leon? Yeah. Wow. And so it was like, Irenaeus was the bishop of this town that like we're just traipsing yeah. through. Yeah, that had some of the first <clears throat> martyrs in Christianity. And so it just to realize like how honestly, I I probably chocolate to Christianity in the United States. Um, and I don't mean um, like our doctrine is Protestant, even though I think it is as well, but like the way that our society um, is shaped is it's, there's religion is fairly privatized. And to see over here, what a place could actually look like that is like, it is is shaped by the faith. um, It's unbelievable. Like I didn't know churches could look like this and I didn't know towns look like this. And I didn't know that massive metropolitan cities could look like this. Um, and I, I mean, a, a big part of that is growing up in like suburban Atlanta, which has nothing, you know, the oldest churches we have date back to like 1970 or something, <laughs> you know, and that's like, whoa, pretty old church. Um, so just to see, to really have my imagination expanded to what that could actually look like um, and to have it stretched and, and to see like, yeah, these things are a reality. This is a possibility to build a church that's so big, it screams that God exists, you know? And so it, that's been very, very cool to see what the church in its heyday looked like, even though it's just a remnant of it now and it just... Um, the edifice like it still screams like hey i'm here you know god's real so yeah well bring it home boys uh the wi-fi is not great so we should probably wrap up but when do you guys get home can you hear well, me uh, tuesday yeah i think we we get home yeah. tuesday evening and actually mice kind of got a big week when we get back mm-hmm. we're, we're that's we're right old. man Ordination. Ordination. What's the date of your ordination? Yeah, yet? May twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. Oh, a week from tomorrow. Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a week from tomorrow. So eight days. Um, well, I'll probably get this episode yeah, up honestly, in a day or two, so the people can pray for you. Okay. Yeah, please, everybody, please pray for me. May the twenty seventh. Um, be ordained in the cathedral of Atlanta. And um, I, honestly, I couldn't think of a better way to to Seriously, prepare for man. ordination. That's an awesome trip. Being with, and I'm not even I'm not even jealous. I'm legitimately happy for you guys. Just listening to all that stuff. That's it's really cool. Thank you. Thanks for letting us talk the whole time. Yeah. 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 Well, I didn't have any. Any other? <laughs> no. Any other thoughts or whatever? Because I feel like we just spewed the detail of our trip yeah. a little bit. I think that spe- I think it speaks for itself, man. Yeah. Speaks for itself. Amen. Good. Why well, start? Uh, all the busy weekends. Unfortunately, I can't go to Atlanta because Springfield has priesthood ordinations, and I'm deaconing for a first priest mass on Sunday. I just slapped him in his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so French. Did you slap him with a glove? 
<laughs> yes. Now you have to duel. A skinny cigarette right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've been doing in every place that I can. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the following week, I, I think I move into my summer parish assignment like midweek or something like that. So I don't know. But once once I'm settled in in June, hopefully we can get a like just weekly routine going. I'd like that anyway. Yeah, me too. BT Dub, last thing, French cuisine is not bad. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. French cuisine is very good. Hey, so you don't have anything. Any faces, highlights, cool stuff in the parish? Thoughts? Oh, I, I do, it, but I just feel like this is this is going to be hard to listen to with the Wi-Fi breaking in and out and the bad audio quality. Um, oh, and gotcha. I think that you guys is yeah just hearing those descriptions that that itself is powerful and when i i mean i could try to break it down and analyze it but i think a lot of the things i've been thinking about recently and i just wrote an article that i i'd like to finish today and submit somewhere um are about similar themes to that that whole enculturation idea of our generation kind of not being enculturated at all, not just in the faith, but like we don't know how to be adults. <laughs> Somehow we we just didn't learn the basics um, yeah. about how to be in the world. And we were always told like, you know, you can kind of choose your way and um, encouraged to be creative, but without any sort of like limits that would allow us to know how to express creativity besides just sort of like um, disciplineless, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like free verse poetry is not very compelling because it's not put into like the form and limit of iambic pentameter or something like that. Like you have to learn the rules. You have to learn the basics in order to make something or do something beautiful or good. And um, this is why I think our generation prefers like really concrete cultural markers of Catholicism. When we decide to become committed Catholics, it's usually a because we've seen powerful Catholic culture. We've encountered God, not morality messages, not like, oh, Jesus uh, wants you to treat everybody equally and and be nice and stuff like that. Doesn't grab our attention, but beautiful, huge cathedrals like you said that speak of God's existence do catch our attention and and do like make you want to conform yourself to it you know like how you live your life and what kind of art you make and what kind of songs you like to sing and um and i just think like immersing yourself over there and something like that and, and like you said there's still traces of the sort of voyeurism of looking out looking at a culture from the outside and being like oh isn't this a cool thing to put on my instagram that i saw this rather than actually letting yourself be transformed by it but that's why I say bring that back. Like we just need so badly to have culture uh, and to teach yeah. our teach our children the Catholic faith, um, so that it can ex- be expressed like that. I mean, so we can have saints too. Yeah. Two thoughts. We should take this trip together sometime because I'll <laughs> yeah. come back. Yeah, we should definitely. Do and that. on. No, this for real. I would be so in for that or wherever, but this has been a baller trip. Uh, but it really has, it has evoked a lot of 
Yeah, we've prayed for you a lot over here, man. Thanks, man. I think it's, a, it's yeah, it's evoked a lot of gratitude for you and your priesthood, and uh, I certainly have prayers coming from these these places and with these these saints as well. You're here, yeah. I wrote your name down in the. Uh, there's a little side chapel in ours that is the chapel of the heart, which is not a metaphor. It's literally his heart that you see. <laughs> it's it, <laughs> His heart is in a huge reliquary, and you can just look at it. And, Does it have um, a big bite out of it from somebody who was trying to get his courage? Like Jean de Bebeuf? Uh-huh. Um, no, it doesn't. It's intact, so far as I can tell. I'm no heart specialist, though. <laughs> so I, I, I prayed I for you in there and wrote your name down in the, the book of prayers there. So Thanks, guys. But just, yeah, uh, just echo that. Did you pray for my special intention that I gave you? I, I don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it was, though? Uh, did you give it to both of us or just Mets? That you guys stopped being such dinglings? I did. I did pray for that. <laughs> Dude, I pray, no. <laughs> yeah. I pray for that every day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very special. All right, well, <laughs> safe travels home, guys. And thanks for the prayers okay. and thanks for yeah, we'll sharing base. those graces. Touch base when we get back. Merci beaucoup. And uh, Michael. In these last days before the sun sets and you enter the darkness of ordained life, my prayers go with Don't you, my, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> know that you're yeah. totally alone and afraid. <laughs> no, you'll do fine. All right, guys. Well, enjoy the rest of your trip and uh, you're in my prayers too. Au revoir. Bonne journée. Au revoir. Au revoir. Merci beaucoup. Enchanté. Peace, guys. What does that mean? What? Enchanté. 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 Oui. Oui. Goodbye. Goodbye. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisc, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. And fear down.